Greetings all and welcome to Margin Call, the podcast and editorial meeting for Quest On Media. I'm your host, Russell Morse. Quick reminder at the top of the show, folks, if you're a fan of Margin Call or just an occasional listener or a person stuck in traffic in Los Angeles who's run out of podcasts to listen to and you found us, you can support our efforts by going to our site, questonmedia.com. That's K-W-E-S-T-O-N media.com and clicking on the very chic donate button. We're nearing the end of the month of May, which means many things. The NBA finals are near. Dusty Easter candy is available at a discounted rate and people all over the country are graduating from their respective institutions of learning. As is our annual custom, famous and successful people from the worlds of entertainment, literature, academia, and reality shows of the recent past are delivering commencement speeches. This year, Oprah Winfrey encouraged graduating students at Colorado College to use their lives in service to others, while Katie Holmes advised students at University of Toledo not to use a fake ID to buy wine and then try to pay with a check. That's a real thing that Katie Holmes said in her commencement check. It's good advice, though. Good advice. We've missed your sage wisdom, Katie. Come back. This year's... <laughs> I'm sorry. I What is that? Like a cheap shot at Katie Holmes? She, I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. I'm a fan. I like her. I was always on her side with the whole Tom drama. Um, <laughs> this year's most memorable and astonishing commencement address, however, came not from a fading star of Dawson's Creek fame, but a man many people had never heard of before, Robert F. Smith, a billionaire investor, referred to as the richest black man in America, surprised graduates of Morehouse College by announcing in his commencement speech, and I'm sure everybody has seen the videos, that he would pay the entire graduating class's outstanding student debt, an amount estimated to be around $10 million. Very generous gift. If you haven't seen the video, I encourage you to do so. You can see people's faces dropping. Uh, all over the room. It's it's pretty delightful to watch them as they realize what he's saying. Top that, Oprah. Uh, it's a, I guess that's a challenge now, right? Now I got beef with Katie Holmes and Oprah. <laughs> uh, it's a wonderful gesture. Obviously, it's incredibly meaningful to every person uh, in the Morehouse graduating class of 2019. Clips of the speech have been shared and liked all over the country, and with good reason. Student debt is skyrocketing and often stays with people for decades. But here at Margin Call, we're always looking for the story behind the story. And so we've invited two of my favorite people here to discuss it. Penn Harshaw is a journalist based in Oakland and a graduate of Howard University. Paul Billingsley is Paul. Everybody knows Paul. He's been on the show a bunch of times. He's an old friend uh, and was a student at Morehouse College over a decade ago. I almost said well over a decade ago, but I don't want to make us sound old because we're all the same age. Although maybe Penn's a little younger. I think Penn's a little bit younger than us. Uh, and with us, as always, of course, is our fearless leader, the person who keeps us on topic and sounding good, Eming Piancai, recording in Richmond, California. Amen. Uh, I want to, I yes, I wanted to make sure Richmond gets their shine. Although Richmond gets a shout out at the outro of every show. So to be fair, I wanted to put it up top, you know, because I have, I have a lot of love for Richmond. It's, it's the Oakland of the future. Uh, and I'm sure that's insulting to both people in Oakland and Richmond. But what are you going to do, man? I, I haven't lived in the Bay in 10 years. <laughs> I can say whatever I want. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to start with you, Penn, uh, because, as I said, I suspect there is a greater significance here that I haven't heard discussed widely, uh, which is that Morehouse is, of course, a and it's an HBCU. It's a historically black college. 
You attended another renowned HBCU, Howard University in Washington, D.C. What is the significance here that Mr. Smith made this announcement to a graduating class of Black men at an HBCU? There's a lot of significance. Um, first of all, it's the symbol. You know, it's very symbolic of the opportunity granted to somebody just saying, hey, you guys are coming out young, 21, 22, maybe with your undergraduate degree and you don't have any debt. So the world is your oyster and giving a whole bunch of young people that message is, is definitely like as a journalist, that's definitely the story where I'm like, all right, well, get in contact with one person and checking with them every three to five years and yeah. just see how, see how that decision impacts them along the way. Um, have you and, thought about that? Are you working on any uh, like coverage of this? Just as a journalist, have you been inspired? Or are you pursuing a story specifically? Yeah, or do I mean, you have ideas? Yeah, yeah, on how you know the story stands out as like a big symbol, as a statement, or like something to talk about. It ties in with everything that's going on with like the preliminary discussions about running for president, and you know how there is conversation about getting rid of student loans. There's I'm very interested in that. You, you're you one step ahead of me because I, it was Elizabeth Warren, right? I'm not misspeaking. It yeah. was Elizabeth Warren. Okay. <laughs> Warren so, there's a couple of under, undercard candidates, I'd say, that have discussed not only just getting rid of student loans overall, but maybe getting rid of uh, interest that grows or getting rid of uh, other aspects of student loans. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was intrigued. As soon as I heard that, I was like, all right, I'm going to vote for Elizabeth Warren. I, I, I am now a single issue voter as a person who has <laughs> a lot of debt. I mean, I like Elizabeth Warren anyway. And, you know, I think she'd be a fine president. But I just thought it was a very bold move. And of course, cynically, my journalistic brain was like, all right, well, she's going for the youth vote, right? Basically, everybody in their 20s now is going to vote for Elizabeth Warren. Um, but I think it's also just a smart economic policy. Because, I, you know, I know a lot of people with student debt and I feel like there's a whole generation of people whose spending power is inhibited. You know, everybody complains about millennials not buying homes or something as if they would they were able to and they just decided not to. You know, it's a student debt is a big part of that picture. Uh, and if you if people have more money, they're going to buy more things. And you know what I'm saying? That's just good for the economy, period. So, I'm yeah, I think that's a fine insight and a very important thing to mention. My question to you um, is more about, or I guess what I want to circle back and touch on is the fact that it is Morehouse College. It's all black men. Much of the coverage has, you know, done the math on, you know, the earning potential of black men versus black women, black men versus white men, um, and how student debt, you know, affects black men in a different way and black people in a different way. Have you heard some of that conversation? Yeah, it's all intertwined in there. Like, again, like it's symbolic, you know, that action. It's like he's doing it to a group of young black men for a reason, you know? Um, yeah. And so it, it goes along with the narrative. What, what was your question specifically? Well, I mean, I'm curious what kind of conversations you've heard. I mean, I assume you you know, are still friends with a lot of people that you went to school with. I'm sure that this has a specific resonance for you. Um, you know, you're working in Oakland, people are having these kind of conversations. Are, are people talking about, you know, how student debt specifically affects black men or black people or how what this symbol is? You know, you use that that word symbol and I think it's 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 the right word yeah. to use. But what is it a symbol of? What message is he sending and who is he sending it to? Well, OK, I guess the conversation that I've been having is like how defaulting on loans really impacts your ability to buy houses. 
and you're in California where not only are you behind the eight ball as a quote unquote millennial looking to get into the real estate industry, but you are also faced with a big housing crisis that's impacting everybody in California. So at that point, having some marks in your credit history or having a looming loan or of some sort that you have defaulted on before, like that may, that puts you even further behind the eight ball. You're dinner off the, the pool table at that point. Uh, and so personally, I know that I've taken some hits because like I, I've had to face the decision. Well, do I pay whatever, what's it called? The capital? I, do I pay my interest for the month or do I buy um, groceries? And so um, one of the things I think about, not only that, not only the housing aspect of it, but on a personal note, like how I, I damn near had to take out that student loan. Otherwise, I'd have ended up in Oakland at 19 in 2006 when it was the highest murder rate, that oh, second highest murder rate that Oakland had ever seen. And so, like, like it damn near saved my life to take out that loan. Like, I don't have to look at any studies or any statistics. Like, I could look at the people that I grew up around and say, hey, I went to a four-year college. They didn't. All of them either shot in in jail or had kids before they were ready to have kids. Um, and, and so it really saved me to take out that loan. Now at the same time, I think that was a predatory loan because that's asking me to take out more money than my mother had ever earned in three calendar years. I, I really think I'm gonna pay that shit back, especially being a journalist. I, yeah, so it's, it's definitely something I've been trying to write about, but I'm a little mad when I sit down to type it because like, I don't know, that whole loan game, it's, um, it's never really worked out for black folks. I don't know if you've noticed. yeah talk about that tell me what's the history man you can how far you want to go you want to go to like predatory housing lending you want to go to the gi bill hell we could talk about how loans were used to buy slaves like that term i don't even know that term is racist as far as i'm concerned (laughs) yeah yeah well Paul, I want to bring you in because you had my favorite response. You know, I reached out to a lot of people about this um, after I saw the video of the commencement speech. Uh, and I thought of you, of course, because you went to Morehouse. So, oh, yeah, did you see this? What did you think? And your response was, he went to Cornell. He didn't even go to Morehouse. <laughs> and <laughs> it was, <laughs> you know, which is, uh, I mean, that's that's funny and relevant in its own way. Um but what is, you know, and, and as I said, a lot of people, most people who give commencement speeches aren't giving them at the colleges that they went to. But this is a different thing, right? Because he's reaching a hand back and he's trying to have it be a lesson. Part of his commencement speech was saying, like, listen, when you guys are doing well in 30 years or whatever, like, make sure you reach back and do the same thing. Um, but what do you think the significance is that he went to Cornell instead of Morehouse or didn't go to that's, a historically black college or whatever? Why, why was that your first take? thing about a historically black college. For me, and a, and a place like Morehouse, which I didn't graduate from, although I did go, to, is is it's all men. So even as a black man who didn't go to Morehouse, you can relate to the experience that educated people, educated black men go through in this country. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's very, it's like oh, and he said that he said, look, I'm giving you a hand. You pay it forward. You know what I'm saying? Somebody yeah. help me along yeah. the way. I'm helping you along the way, and give it back. It doesn't matter if you didn't go to whatever university you went to. Be specific, intention. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Well, the other thing we talked about, Paul, and this was my point, I don't know how much you agree, but my thought was, you know, Morehouse is an elite college, you know, uh, like an Ivy League college or a lot of other private universities. And as a result, a lot of the people who go there are doing okay. They come from families that are middle class or better or even quite affluent. Is that fair to say for, for well, your experience at Morehouse? For me, I, mean, I didn't have any college loans. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you mean you didn't take out any debt? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of my question. Like, I want to see the spreadsheet. <laughs> I mean, not that it's my I'm business. I'm also not the first black person in my family to go to college. So it's different. It's, you know, different. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm, I'm also not the only person my mother has helped through yeah. college. You know what I'm saying? Aside from her own three children. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's a very different. Right. It's a different beast for us. You know what I'm saying? Like, Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's what I think. I mean, I, I assume that, you know, I think that there is an assumption that exists that it's like, oh, this is a graduating class of all black men. They must all come from a certain background where, you know, they have financial struggles. But that's not really the right. case for Morehouse. And I'm sure there were plenty of people in that audience who had the same experience as you, whose parents were successful enough that they, you know, they right. paid tuition in cash. Different. Um, and, and my question was, you know, why don't you go to, and this is not, again, not a criticism of a person who did a really, really wonderful and remarkable thing, but you know, the people, as I said, who are crushed by student debt are often people who are in even more predatory situations where they think, you know, my example was like, oh yeah, I'm going to go to healed. You know, it's like I squeaked out of high school. I don't have a lot of resources, but I saw this ad on the bus where, you know, I could become um, an airplane technician if I go to this school or whatever. And it ends up being a private university where you don't really learn anything. You don't get job placement. And then you come back and you got twenty thousand dollars. I would love to see Mr. Smith, you know, go to healed, you know, or stand on a corner in Oakland and say, like, did you go to healed? <laughs> and now you have twenty thousand dollars in debt. I want to help you out. You know, it's like not to say that there aren't people. I mean, obviously, this is a wonderful gift for everybody who was there, but it is interesting. It's like the equivalent. You know, it's like if you stand up at, you know, Columbia or his school, Cornell, and say, like, oh, I'm going to pay off your student loans. And then half of the kids are like, what student loans? <laughs> and that and that, you know, thing about and again, that's the thing about Morehouse, because Morehouse, you also have people who have kids that are like, yeah, I make money, but you still have to go get a college. You know what I'm saying? You still have to go get a fee. I'm not going to do this thing, college thing. You want to go here? You want to do it? You got to figure out how to pay for it. You know what I'm saying? And that's like, you kind of leave it, they kind of leave them to their own devices. You know what I'm saying? So I, you could figure it out and be successful. I don't know. It's the tough love thing. I know. But. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, you know, and I'm definitely not saying like, oh, everybody at Morehouse is doing great. So they don't they don't need a gift like this. I just wonder, you know, I, I think about the scale of people who are adversely affected by student debt. And a lot of times, you know, it's like in, in my job, I had a client, a young woman from New York City who grew up in foster care and ended up in the criminal justice system. And really, I mean, she's brilliant, uh, kind of fought through that whole experience, got out. And got into, you know, a small uh, public school, right? Inexpensive in, in New York State. Went to college and everybody's like, oh, she's a success story, you know? And she is, right? Because she got through that situation with the school. Obviously, her story didn't end there. And, of course, you know, foster care wasn't paying for her dorm right. or any, you know, all the things that she would have needed or if she had parents. And, you know, she struggled. Right. So she made it through her freshman year whatever. And now she's like back in New York trying to figure out how to go back to school 
Meanwhile, she has at least, you know, the equivalent of a year of room and board, even if you're at a public school. That's, that's a huge amount of money, you know, and, and without a diploma. You know, we forget how many people are saddled with student debt who weren't able to piece it together financially to finish or for whatever reason couldn't finish. They got debt, too. And to top it off, they don't even have the kind of bump in, you know, marketability that a person with a with a diploma does. Right. Exactly. You know? Um, I don't. I don't. I, it, I also wonder if he would have done that if he was at another HBCU. You know what I'm saying? I, I, oh, you mean like instead of Morehouse, like if he was at right. Howard or because something? You, you, mean? you know, it, it's because it's it's the male factor. You know what I'm saying? Morehouse is an all male. You know what I'm saying? It's a it, it's a very right. Our whole college experience is different. We didn't have co-ed no. so we don't. Right. It's very, very different. You know what I'm saying? So I, I wonder yeah. if that was his thing too. Like, oh, these, these are all dudes. Which, you know, men have financial hardships <laughs> that a lot of people know yeah. about from being a guy. So I think that was also part of yeah. his thing was like, oh, well, you know, kind of for the fellas, you know, <laughs> since I'm here. You know what I mean? Penn, I want to ask you since you mentioned, um, Democratic candidates and the fact that this is, uh, you know, a position that a lot of people are taking, at least trying to address what I think is a crisis of, of student debt. Um, because any time like a, a really successful person comes in and uh, helps a bunch of people out, you know, Bill Gates does a lot of good work, for instance. Sometimes I think like that sends a message that kind of lets the government off the hook a little bit. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's kind of like confirms a conservative worldview where it's like, Hey, listen, man, don't look for the government to help you out. The government is not here to help you. We're here, you know, to exploit you. If you squeak out of high school in some town in the South and you need to go to the army, you know, we'll, we'll pick up the tab, you know, to send you overseas or whatever. Um, as opposed to like coming up with creative government solutions, um, did, did you get any read like that here where it was like, well, yeah, you're a billionaire because you're working in the private sector and he's a smart investor and I don't you know, call his business into question. Um, but did you get any of that where it was like, oh, OK, well, are there enough billionaires to do this for everybody? Because we still need a comprehensive solution for this problem. Are you thinking about it in that way, Penn? So one. In terms of what I said, like as a journalist, I would follow these young men's story. Um in essence, they're the beta, the, you know, a quick test right. to see what it's like. And so if you can prove it, then that in, in that you show to the government like, hey, look, we covered <laughs> we covered these guys tab. Um, this is how it plays out in the long run. It not only benefits them and their family, but it benefits the country as a whole, which I'm right. sure it will. Um in that way, it's like a social science experiment, right? You know, check in on sure. people. Yeah. And you could even do the same thing where you would take an equivalent historically black college or even, let's say, last year's graduating class at Morehouse, which, damn, if I was in last year's graduating class at Morehouse, I, I would have, what do they say? What do the young people say? I would have feelings. I would feel, I would as they say, some type of way about that. <laughs> like, damn, I should have just dropped out and then come back, and then I wouldn't have had to pay. I'm not going to take that one class, but... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like, I should have just finished Spanish a little later, and then I would have been good. You know, my uncle said the same thing about 
um, Elizabeth Warren's plan where he was like, yeah, that's cool to, you know, to absolve people's loans, but like, where's the cutoff? Like what group, how old do you have to be or how far along in your loans do you have to be to like not get the help from the government? Because it's certainly not going to be every everybody with student debt. Just, that So her, her plan sounds a bit audacious, man. Like you could just Thanos the whole situation, just press one button and kaboom, close the room. <laughs> Thanos. You use, you use Thanos as a verb, by the way, which like, I really appreciate. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. Possible, yeah. It, so that that's out. But I like the conversation, period, just kind of getting it going. Um, also, like I said, um, it's it's one of those, like, symbols. You know, it, it speaks volumes and, like, all right, this is a chess move. Now what are you going to do? And so you asked about, like, what does it do in terms of, like, does it confirm Republican kind of philosophy or how does it speak to the government? I just think it's one big chess move to say, hey, this is what it's like when you create this infrastructure for a certain group of people, especially a group of people who've been traditionally marginalized yeah. and set aside. So, yeah. yeah. And and in that way, it's remarkably successful because obviously we're not the only ones having this conversation right now. A lot of people in the country are saying like, wow, did you, you know, did you see what happened at Morehouse? What does this mean? What are the implications? It kind of pushed the issue to the forefront a little bit, which I think is what you're saying, right, Pim? It's that too, but it's also... Morehouse gets a lot of money from their alumni. Morehouse gets donated in yeah. like massive dollar amounts all the time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So it's, it's yeah. a different lane to be like, okay, I'm going to pay for your yeah. not the college. Well, I think that, I mean, in that way, this crisis is very similar to another recent crisis that a lot of politicians tried to solve, which is healthcare, right? where it's like, oh, let's create like a big government system to ensure that everybody gets insured. But that's great. It's an initiative that I happen to support personally. But no part of that plan was like, bro, why are they charging $180 for aspirin in the emergency room? You know what I mean? Like, why does it cost? Why does it cost $80,000 if you break your leg? You know, and I, I always thought, well, go ahead. No, but that's it. That's another aspect of it. Like you're talking about student loans. It's a big ass Medusa shaped monster. Right. Yeah. And this is just a, a quick poke in the eyes. But what you're talking about, you like trying to cut the gills and look closer into the, you know what I'm saying? The, the air breathing system, like yeah. deeper into the details is the aspect of like, I had an accounting class where I had to pay buku money for the book and the online version where it's like, dude, what, why? Why do I even have an accounting class? I'm a journalist. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a level of exploitation there, Penn, that you hinted at earlier. You know, the reason people don't wonder why, you know, it's like it costs $80,000 to break your leg. Because if you break your leg, you're like, damn, I got to I gotta go to the emergency room. Like, it's not an option. You're not like, oh, I'm not going to get my leg fixed, um, you know, or I'm not going to get this medical treatment to save my life. Right. So you don't look at the tab because it's, it's a given. Right. I'm going to do it. And whenever they say it costs, I'm going to do it. Uh, and in a lot of ways, as you said, Penn, for many people, education is the same thing. It's like, listen, it's it's almost I hesitate to use this phrase, but it's almost an act of desperation for some people where it's like, this is it. This is my way out. If I want to escape, you know, what a lot of people are facing, which is whatever, you know, a community that's violent or a place that has no economic stability or at least any way for a person with a high school diploma to access the economy. It's not a choice. 
if you want to like be a successful person in society, and I don't mean successful, like, you know, affluent, I just mean like thriving and healthy and able to raise a family. You kind of have to have a college diploma. It's kind of like the new high school diploma. It's like a given. And in that sense, you don't look and say, oh, damn, it costs $60,000 to live in a dorm uh, for a year. You just say like, yeah, whatever. Let me, whatever paperwork you got, what do you need me to sign? Um, it's so only it's not really a you question. paid back more than one hundred and twenty thousand dollars that you're like, man, my college degree wasn't really worth it. But they fit. say that have a college. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> that's the other tricky thing, because mathematically and I, I don't say this to make excuses for anybody. But if you really look at how much your earning ex- uh, um, potential is improved um, by getting a college degree. And this is like, of course, depending on what field you go into. But, you know, it's going to bump you up ten, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 a year, period. You know what I mean? You're going to go from a high school diploma job that's going to be 30000 to, like, probably, you know, a job where you make 50000 about, let's say, roughly. That's $20,000 a year. That changes your life right there. Million dollars Even if you have, in your you know, a million dollars more. Yeah. Yeah. In which case, you could say it makes sound financial sense, except that you have to basically suffer throughout your 20s. Um, and beyond in order to survive. I mean, it blew my mind, you know, because our last president talked about this. And, you know, he, when, when Obama was talking about student debt, um, he didn't have a plan for it, but he definitely talked about it publicly. He mentioned in passing, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it blew my mind. He was like, Michelle and I are still paying off our student debt. I was like, bro, the president has student loans. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's insane. He was well into his 40s. That's wild. I mean, granted, he went to law school, whatever. He went to Harvard Law. That's not cheap. But still, this is the kind of thing. It's like buying a house. You're going to be doing it for a long time or a Ferrari. Yeah. Poor. You know, you want to get a Porsche instead of going to college. Fine. Uh, You might have more luck socially in the short term. But um, I really ask yourself at 18, should I take this loan out and put it toward my education or should I take this loan out and go buy a house in Pittsburgh? Like off yeah. the map somewhere, yeah, and just be like, well, at least I got housing. Yeah, that's true, and and I'm sure for some people it really is an either or proposition. I can't waste four years in school. Um, I have a family to provide for right now, and I need a roof. Or, or I never thought about it. I've been living my life. I've never thought about it. I've been living my life. I work my little job, but I I've been doing. I've been positive person. I don't go to jail. I pay my taxes. I do what I'm supposed to do. And you you progress. Okay, you're not as in danger as somebody who needs to necessarily leave a house. Mostly, those these are women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you yeah. know what I'm saying. Yeah, and you know, I mean, it, it's really a, it's it's built into our culture. The the idea of going to college. You know, I mean, my mom was always very pro education, and a lot of that I think came from just being the daughter of an immigrant. You know what I mean? Like when, when I graduated from Columbia, she said like one of the nicest things she'd ever said to me where she was like, oh, I was thinking about my grandfather. And, you know, he came here from Mexico to work on the railroads and, you know, walked all the way from through the desert. You know what I mean? Like telling me this long, you know, pretty harrowing and beautiful story about the sacrifices that the generations came before me. And my mom felt like she was seeing that dream realized in my graduation, which is a wonderful thing for her to say. And, and also a reminder of how ingrained that is in our culture, right? And that's that's cross-cultural. That's immigrant, not immigrant. That's black, not black. It's like it is revered for a reason because it does give you that access to the economy and a bump 
Um, but I, I think it's really time to think at what price. You know what I mean? No one's arguing like don't go to college. Although I guess Silicon Valley people say don't go to college, <laughs> but uh, I can't code, so I don't I don't have that option. Nah, that's it. That's it exactly right there, though. It's so intertwined with the quote unquote pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Or what they tell you is freedom. And yeah. it's messed up because it's freedom on a loan. Yeah. We're gonna need that back. Yeah. Well, it's very similar. I mean, I think we had we had similar conversations ten years ago during the subprime mortgage crisis where people took on loans to buy homes because they were like, Oh, home ownership, that's the American dream. It was it was so ingrained in our philosophy that people were willing to make decisions that were essentially illogical to take loans they knew they couldn't pay um, that were predatory because of the mythology surrounding homeownership. Not that owning real estate hurts you. It doesn't. But uh, if, if there are predatory lenders about that mythology is actually hurting you. Um, before we get out of here, Eming, I'm going to catch you off guard and ask you a question because I've been wanting to ask you this question since this story broke because it's the first it's the first thing that I thought of because I know that you watch The Office and I watch The Office. Paul Penn, do either of you guys watch The Office? Are you Office watchers? Yep, get your tie clipped. Yep, I'm familiar. Okay, <laughs> so there's an episode. There's a, do you, you don't know where I'm going yet. Great, I get to. I get to. Oh, oh, never mind, never mind, never mind. No, you're going. You know where I'm going? Tell me. Tell me where I'm going. I do. Scott's tots. <laughs> have either of you guys, Paul or Penn, have you seen this episode of The Office no. called Scott's Tots? I don't think so. Wow. Okay. So my my don't it's so it's crazy. it's a really cringe worthy. It's known as like the most awkward and uncomfortable episode of The Office because it's so. I'll tell you the premise. I still I'll can't tell you the premise it. and you'll understand why people can't even watch it because it's so uncomfortable. But Michael Scott, uh, you know, obviously he's the main character of the show. He's the boss. He's kind of a buffoon, um, but he's very self important and he's always trying to make grand gestures. So there's an episode where he. Someone asked him, like, oh, Scott's Tots are graduating. You have to come back and talk to Scott's Tots. So Scott's Tots was a group of kids that Michael Scott went to do, like, a, you know, like a career day talk 15 years before, 10 10 years before. Like, oh, come talk about your job. And they were, like, a fourth grade class or whatever at the time. And while he was there, because he's just such a buffoon, he was like, each and every one of you kids – if you succeed, if you graduate from high school, I'm committing right now to pay all of your college tuition, right? He told that to a group of fourth graders, right? And then forgot about it, right? He forgot he made the promise and he also didn't have any money. You know, he's like a manager at a paper company. So he makes like whatever, sixty, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 a year. He doesn't have money like that. And then finally, lo- the local newspaper is like, hey, Mr. Scott, local businessman, it's time. Your Scott's tots are graduating. We owe it all to you. They go, he, he has to go to this presentation. They have like a whole assembly, like kids are dancing. They made up a song about Scott's Tots and we're going to do it for you. You know, we love you, Mr. Scott. And he has to get up in front of the class and tell them that he doesn't have the money and that he can't pay their tuition. And and they're all mostly Yes, black. it's an inner city school, right? So he goes, it's like, you know, one of those like, oh, hard luck stories. I went to this inner, inner city school. And, and when they greeted him, they said, our, our graduating class was 95%. That's the highest graduating class ever, Mr. Scott, right? Yeah. And then you watch as like each student's heart is broken. It's a really messed up episode, man. I mean, technically it's a comedy, but it's so uncomfortable that it will make you squirm. So Emang, what did you, you say, Paul? Did who get the joke? 
it's not really it is it's, it's, no, it's, it's, no, it's not it's a joke. joke it's just yeah it's like, that, that's it's horrible well, I mean, that's the, humor no, of the, the joke is, is it's not a joke it's he just didn't like, think oh. any of them was gonna graduate wow <laughs> over you guys you feel me wow. i don't think that's what wow. he thought i don't think that's, that's what the, he thought. the other so, layer right i mean we're not talking about it it's true I, I it was know. it was never ex- explicitly addressed on the show that that was his suspicion. I think he was just you know he just came up with it on the spot. And the more I read about this uh, about Mr. Smith and his announcement, apparently it was kind of on the spot. Like he had thought about it in the days leading up to it. Like he already knew he was going to be the commencement speaker. And I was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe at that part of the speech, like people were kind of bored. You know what I mean? Maybe they were like, oh yeah, another commencement speech. It's hot. You know, it's it's hot in Atlanta. I, you know, we're sitting through this, this boring businessman give his speech, and he was like, I, "How am I going to win the crowd back?" <laughs> He's like, "All right, guys." And I mean, that's an applause line. The only difference is that it's you, not you what can't get that much back in the taxes to no, no nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a philanthropic <laughs> gift, man. I don't think that kind. That's not a tax write off, bro. That's not a nonprofit. <laughs> no, 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 you didn't no. go to Morehouse. It's like he did it out of the kindness of, oh, you know what? I got it. <laughs> like I said, here we are basically spending half the show denigrating this man who did something great for this group of people. <laughs> That's not what I mean, Mr. Smith. We're, we're I journalists. Am a, I, I am thoroughly impressed. And I know that nobody's going to yeah. top this one for a long time. I don't know, man. I mean, maybe this could start a thing where, like, I mean, think about the commencement speeches next year. Like, everybody's going to be leaning in, listening, like, ooh, are they going to say they're going to pay my loans? And every commencement speaker, all these universities are going to start inviting billionaires. They're going to be like, oh, prominent billionaire, <laughs> prominent billionaire, in the hopes that they might make that offer in the speech. Yeah, my, my question for you, Eming, and first of all, you made me so happy that you knew that I was asking about it, Scott's Todd, so thank it, you for being an office fan. It took me a minute fan. to know where you were going with that, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I knew you'd get there, though. I knew you'd get there without much prodding. But, like, what is the likelihood that, you know, five years down the line is... Because how do you define student debt, right? Like, some of it comes from the government, some of it comes from the university. Sometimes you got to take out a credit card just to get your groceries. You know what I mean? Like, is that part of it? Can I put my, you know, student credit card on there? Are you going to look at every item and be like, well, you bought a... You know, you, you bought a stereo, so that's not, you know what I mean? Like, you bought some new speakers. That does Oh, you bought Jordans? That's not school supplies, you know? Right. Like, are you know, is he going to get his accountants in on Probably. it? Probably. I would I, I would I, think I, so. <laughs> and lawyers. If people, Only because student debt, yeah. People to verify student debt things. is hard to. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like an open door policy. They're probably going to verify everything. Yeah, man. I mean, the school year isn't open. Like, you graduate, but you know there's another week of school. Like, I would run out and get a $30,000 credit card. <laughs> And just buy <laughs> or just go to the student loan office and be like, what do you guys got left? I'm all out of pencils. I need some more pencils. Let me borrow $3,000. <laughs> Wait, so what was your question? Right. My question was, is this going to be a Scott's Todd situation? Why would it be if he's a millionaire or a billionaire or whatever he is? Billionaire. Why he would, is a wealthy guy. Why would that be a, the same thing? Michael Scott had no money. That's true. He That's made. True. I'm just. I'm just wondering. I'm wondering if he walks it back a little bit. Like they're graduating right now, speaking at their commencement. It's not like I'm promising you this uh, down the line. Like we need that check, bro. We're gonna hit you this summer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I that, love that idea. Like, interest, interest started accruing from the minute that I took this loan out. <laughs> so what uh, was happening? And on top of that. You know, to get ahead in this world, I need some type of master's or PhD degree. Yes. So I'm hitting you up. 
yeah. or scholarship funds to make sure that I can get to this next level. That's true. It's got if you get into grad school, that's got to be part of it. Be like, hey, man, you, you know, you're going to law school. I'll see what I can do about that because that's where the real debt comes in. You know. Right. And that is. Yeah, it's true. I want to thank both of you guys for being here. This was a very enlightening conversation with plenty of laughs. I also learned tonight that you can use Thanos as a verb. Thank you, Penn, for that. I'm going to start using that all over the place. Uh, before we get out of here, I want to remind people again uh, that if you're a fan, uh, come on the site, make a donation. Queston.com, Queston Media, K W E S T O N Media.com. And click our donate button. Thanks to our guests, Penn and Paul. It's a pleasure. I hope you guys are back real soon. Thanks, as always, to Emang. Until next time, Queston, everybody. This episode of Quest on Media's Margin Call was produced in Richmond, California.